Hi, I'm Shane Simpson from Blue Mountains Running Company. Here today with Andy Lee, uh, two-time UTA 100 winner, and Andy's about to uh, embark on his 12th running of the UTA 100. Hey, buddy. How are you? Good, good. Slightly more uh, formal situation than what we usually have a million other yeah. conversations with these lights on and whatnot. Uh, got UTA two and a half weeks away. You're shaving up for your, your 12th UTA 100. How's the preparation? Uh, not too bad. Um... Well, preparation is pretty much consisted of uh, well, leading up to six foot. Well, actually, I'll, I'll go back a few, quite a few months. Well, last year during COVID, there was pretty much, you know, uh, six foot was cancelled last year. Yep. I was training, you know, prep, prepara preparing for that. Mm -hmm. That got cancelled, as you know, due to fires and floods and God knows what else. Then COVID kicked in. So I kept on. But before um, before that, however, kicked in, I was training for North or UTA last year. Yes. And then that got cancelled due to COVID. Um, a few other events also got cancelled on the way. But so I pretty much kept um, kept in touch all year round last year. Mm -hmm. um, I was working from home a lot. Sure. Um, so that enabled me to hit the trails somewhat more. I live, in the, live up there at Warramoo. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so then um, come October, November, I then ramped up the training again for six foot track. Um, yeah, and I uh, did that. That didn't go as planned as... Um, the result there wasn't what I was after, but anyway, nevertheless, so I got through that. Um, then um, kept the legs turning over, did uh, the Mount Solitary Ultra a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. um, I've been hitting the gym a bit. Yeah, sure. Um, getting a lot of um, strength work done there. Um, some, I've never done that before, uh, not as much anyway, to the extent I've been doing the last few months, hitting the gym, exercise bike, um, a lot of leg, leg strength core work at the gym. Sure. Um, yeah, and here we are now, two and a, two and a half weeks to go. I, I just sort of um, can't do much more, I don't think. And what's your approach this year? Have you got, have you got a, a plan going into it? Do you, are you sort of over that now, knowing that anything can happen on the day and you take it as it comes? Or what, what, what are your goals or your hopes for the day? That's exactly it. Um, just take it as it comes. Um, you know, I've gone out there before um, with that approach. I've had some good days, particularly in the first couple of years. Yep. Um, and I've also gone the other way, gone out... Uh, way too hard early on, thinking, yeah. you know, um, I'll be able to sustain this for the duration of the day, for the rest of the day, and um, I've come undone. So um, I'd rather take uh, that approach, yep. uh, just take each each step as it comes, you know. Do um, you think for new people coming and, into and it... And that way, sorry, I'm also more relaxed. Yes, that yeah. Way too, yeah. yeah. Do you think for people who are coming into it, that's sort of a good, a good lesson or a good thing to live by on that day, that um, enjoy the day and sort of... Um, I suppose aim up for the challenges as they present to you because you go in with these races 100k's it's you know effectively like they they say it's almost life in a day there's so many things that come up so many spanners that get thrown into the works do you think it's better to um rather than go in with these grand plans to just go in with an open mind and, and deal with issues as they come up yeah yeah 100 percent. although you still i think you need a plan mm -hmm. just to fall back on have a plan a and yep. b if, but it, i think the main your main approach should be just enjoy the day take I, Look upon it as one big adventure. Yes. You know. Yep. Um, I look upon it as two big laps. Um, one lap being the first, you know, the first section of the event, yep. going out narrow neck and around up Iron Pot and back to, back to uh, the aquatic centre. Yes. That's first lap done. Yes. Back to civilization. Yep. And the second laps, it's the is the back end. You know yep. the um, you know through the Lura Forest up, um, Fairmont across the Wentworth Falls and down down and up, um, Kadumba. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's the second lap. I look simply, and I know, I try and keep it simple. Yep, sure. Yeah, boy, that's just a two-lap event. Yep. yep. Um, and it's a big adventure. And take it, you know, and, but have a plan A and B and, you know, as a backup, you know, if you need to, you know, but um, 
be open, yeah. you know, because a lot as you touched on, a lot of things can, can happen, you know. Respectfully, like, I mean, both of us, you're getting on now, you've sort of been over 50 or whatever, yeah. and you've, I've heard you referred to really affectionately as the, the grandfather of ultra running in the mountains and things. Um, how, do you, how do you feel that, um, that that's changed in your, your evolution? Uh, you, you keep fit year round, which for me is a phenomenon. I don't know how you, every year, year after year, back up and sort of do the same things. You stick pretty much to the same patterns, do a lot of stuff um, on your own. Um, how, how has your approach to things evolved and your, your love for it? How do you continue to, to love the sport? Well, one, I, I do love it. And, and uh, I think um, if I, because um, I do love it, I you know, absolutely, um, I want to stay with the sport. So in order to stay with the sport, I've got to do, you know, as I'm getting older, I've got to keep in touch, yes. you know. Um, I've got to evolve. I've got to, you know, that's why I'm hitting the gym. Um, I'm staying, I'm doing um, these other agility exercises, even in the backyard at home, yes. you know, doing things like that. Um, I'm resting as well, more so than I've ever done, yep. um, in particular the last year or so. Um, yeah, just trying to, as you get older, you know, adapt and go with that, just to stay in touch, you sure. know, because I do love the sport. Sure. Mm. Think back, I think back to like uh, oh, 2008, 2009. I remember I went up in 2008 with... Um, with Ben Berryman and Ben Artup to watch a friend of ours, Dave Richardson, do this 100k race in the hills that we'd never sort of heard of. And it was a miserable, horrible day and it was, it was difficult. It was, I think there was under, under 100 people doing it. And I remember reporting back to you and, and, and saying what a, what a tremendous thing I thought it was. And then we sort of didn't talk overly about it. And then after six foot the following year in 2009, we sort of hatched a little plan. We might have a, have a crack at this. Talk us through that, that training as, as it's, it's half comical, to be perfectly honest. But talk us through that training and what we did, what you did back then compared to, to now. Well, training then compared to now wasn't much. Well, in, in particularly in preparation for uh, what was known then as the North Face 100 and now the UTA. So, um, as you said, I did the six foot track. Um, then did you win it that year? Six no, foot track? second. Second. Yep. And then, and I think about four weeks later, I did the Canberra Marathon. Yes. Um, and uh, that was a day I'd rather forget. But anyway, <laughs> and um, so I didn't do much in between six foot and the Canberra Marathon. Yep. I just did a few um, runs around locally on the road at home just to familiarise myself with uh, running on the road. I don't do that that often compared yep. to the trails. Yeah. Um, and then that I think was five weeks, and I think around about that week, that's when I finally signed up to do the, I think it was a week or so before the Canberra Marathon, sure. I, I think I signed up to do the North Face yep. 100. Yep. So, and again, I didn't have any idea how to approach the North Face 100, um, you know, what training would, but I thought, okay, I've, already, I've done six foot track, the Canberra Marathon, I don't really need much endurance. Mm -hmm. I think that should be should stay with me until you know, for another four or five weeks. So then I just had a few days. I didn't do much, a few days off, and then just did some local trail runs. You know, as you'd remember. Yep. You know, did a and few with you. Hadn't ran in the night and things. So headlights were a, a yeah, new phenomenon. rather foreign to me. Yeah, it was yep. like really weird. Yep. Um, just getting used to that. Yeah, um, that thing on your head. That <laughs> it seems um, like it's, really it's it's. 12 or 13 years ago, but it seems light years. I know that everything's evolving around us so quickly in society today, but how trail running and, and these 100Ks have, have come to the fore in that, in 
the period since is, is mind-blowing for me. I think back then, if you, if you knew someone who'd run 100Ks, it was, it was incredible, but it seems to be the, the thing to do now. You went out and, and won that race um, in your very first attempt at it. A um, bit of a surreal feeling, was that, did you probably, obviously you're very competitive, but did you expect to go out and win that race? No, I didn't know where I ended up, to be honest. I didn't even give it one thought mm. where I'd be. I just wanted to, I looked upon, looking back, I looked upon that day as being a, one big adventure. Yep. As I mentioned before, just uh, looked at the course map, saw these two big loops. Back then the course was, re well the first section I think was very similar to what it still is today. Yep. But the second half was in reverse as to what yes. it is today. Yep. And again, it was just, I looked upon it as it's been a big two-lap event. Yep. Um, and you know, my, my approach in that regard hasn't changed either. So obviously with things like that, you, get, uh, you do get competitive, you've got a taste for it, and there's a title to defend. So the training the second year, if I remember, was, was more focused on UTA, um, and probably, probably played a bit further out. Um, the end result on that day was something that I'll, I'll never forget. I wasn't sort of anywhere near the finish line to witness it, but um, obviously you see things and you hear things with your, with your tied finish with Stu Gibson. And for mine and, and many others, I think that was one of the, the greatest sportsmanship things we've seen. Talk us through that day. Yeah, well, yeah, what an amazing day that was. Like, um, again, that's something I couldn't have predicted either. Like, um, uh, with no disrespect to Stu, I hadn't, um, hadn't heard of him up until, I think, about a week before. Someone mentioned his name to me. He, oh, this guy could be, could be up there in the mix. And OK, rightio. And um, again, I didn't know much about Stu. Um, and again, I didn't really know. I was hopeful of having a really good day out. Mm -hmm. But again, I didn't carry too many expectations within myself. Um, training had been quite good mm -hmm. that year. A few long runs up to um, up to Lura from Glenbrook, yep. up the Oaks Trail and Bedford Creek and Inga Fire Trails. Um, just a couple of those and a few short stuff, bit of short stuff on the road. And I was, you know, I was pretty much ready for the day. And um, again, I didn't know much of Stu. Um, took the day as it come. Actually, it went out pretty hard to be honest, yeah. um, in comparison to the year before. Yep. And um, around about the f oh, before Dumphy's Creek, the second checkpoint, yeah. um, I could hear these steps coming up from behind me. Turn over, turn me up, turn over, and it was Stu. So um, we sort of introduced each, <laughs> sort of each other, and uh, yeah. And then it was a race, you know, pretty much a race for seventy kilometres after that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We were trying to get away from each other. Yeah, sure, there were some times where we were together, just chatting away. In fact, um, it was quite good actually. Take your mind off. But we we're still racing, and um, I remember going up um, uh, Nelly's Glen. I was cramping pretty bad, yep. and um, he um, pulled out his um, something out of his pocket, which turned out to be um, salt tablets. Yep. You know, his hand of his salt tablets, yep. and I thought, well, hey, we're meant to be racing each other here, and he <laughs> his hand of his salt tablets. Yeah, so it was just indicative of of the of the remarkable fellow that Stu is. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And um, what about towards the end there, where we mm. both tried tried in vain to shake each other off? Um, I heard, I've heard you quoted saying that you, you had thought about it, but when he when he broached it with you, how far were you out, and what did he say about this? We may as well finish this together. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, we'll, I'll just go back a step too. Um, one thing with Stu, um, I was trying to also uh, play mind games with him. <laughs> <laughs> In, um, I don't know, we were down in Jamison Creek and I was trying to get into his head about the, the big climb ahead coming up out of the Jamison Creek up to up Kadumba, up to, up to Checkpoint 5, which, um, which that in itself, when we got there, was a funny story too. But um, 
Um, yeah, I'm trying to just get into his head about this real steep climb. We've got a steep grinding climb. We've got ahead of ourselves. Unbeknownst to me, as I said, I didn't know much about Stu beforehand. I find out, you know, that would have, he would have just been licking his lips with that. Because <laughs> I found out after the event, a few weeks later, that he won, that he's won all these events. You know, the, the Eureka Tower run up in yeah. Melbourne, he's yeah. won that. He's won all these other mountain events. I thought, oh, geez, he's probably licking his lips. He might have been playing wine games with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> maybe I should have just kept quiet. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, but yeah, so fast forward a few kilometres to get through the... Um, um, get up to checkpoint four there's no one there you know the crew weren't the checkpoint you beat people them. yeah they weren't there um so <laughs> oh it's a few people they're setting up the trestle tables yeah. <laughs> so that anyway so we could get in and out of there quite quick and i'm keen to get out of there ahead of him i can't remember who got out first and i think i may have done so i thought okay i got the lead got the got the front posse here going in i wanted to get ahead of him going i know what the last 11 k's was yep. like yeah Heading in, you know, um, going up Tablelands Road. That's obviously still road. You've done a bit of that. Little, that done, last I've done a bit case, of that yeah. in training, um, just because the year before, in that first year, I suffered pretty bad in mm -hmm. there. So this, but this year, I, I trained pretty a lot in there. Yep. Because um, yeah, I nearly fell apart the year before. Mm -hmm. I only just sort of stumbled to the line. Mm -hmm. um, so I knew all the nuances, little steps. Well, I think I knew every rock. I had a name now. <laughs> rock. Had a name for every little rock. Um, so I wanted to take the front posse into these little tight single tracks and stairs and whatnot, which I did, but I just still couldn't shake the bloke. <laughs> and then I, you know, and then we get a few kilometres out. I can't quite recall how the how the conversation went went to be honest, but it was like, you know, we'd been, you know, trying to um, get ahead of one another for oh, God knows how long. And um, yeah, I think it was just a mutual respect for one another. Like we've been racing each other the last 65, 70 k's and. Um, just we could not shake each other, and it was, yeah, it was just a mutual agreement. You know, we come, I forget how the conversation got started and how it all exactly went, but um, yeah, it was basically agreed. Yeah, must have been, let's uh, call it a truth. Must have been enormous relief when you were thinking about a sprint finish, and also um, it must have been an enjoyable last couple of k's knowing yeah. that you were going to do it together. Well, it was pretty close actually. Would I, I could see, um, as you may recall, for the, the old course, we finished at the start and finished at the Fairmont. Yep, and the last. It was around, you could just, about a kilometre or two kilometres to go, you could sort of see some of the golf course, the yes, Lura golf yep. course is right opposite yep. the Fairmont, and you could, some sections of coming out that last one or two k's to go, you can see bits of the golf course. Right, yep. And it was around about there, um, I could just see bits of the golf, I knew we were getting close, and um, again, we just couldn't shake each other, so it was around about there, two k's to go. It was a bit of a relief, um, I must admit, but um, yeah, I think, again, it was just a mutual respect for one another. Fast forward another year then, mm. so you go back to um, to defend your third title and we, uh, we've got a wild card thrown into the event, Killian Journey, that we, uh, again, you, you're probably, you're going back to like 2011, so there was nowhere near the YouTubes, the internet, he was new on the scene, he'd, he'd done a lot, but um, in fact he'd won Western States in 2000, oh he'd raced two th Western States in that great race in 2010, but we didn't know too much about him and he was going to come over here and blow the course to smithereens and I don't know that we sort of knew exactly what we, were, what we were getting to have a look at with that guy. Tell me about the race when you, when you raced Killian. Yeah, um, I, get, I didn't know, really know much about him, to be I remember going respect. into Summit Gear yeah. in um, Katoomba to check in the day before the race and they'd said that um, Killian had been out on the course and described it as fast and flat. And I'm thinking this place is going to be kidding, but it would be compared to what he yeah, does. Yeah, I guess in comparison yeah, to what, he, you know, what, we, what he's seen 
um, seen him do over the years, yep. uh, I guess it would be, you know, um, particularly the first half. Yeah. You know, out along Narrowneck, it'd be just like a like track work for him. Yeah. You know. Um, you told me a few times that you were you were running and he might have stopped to adjust some gear or fix a shoe or whatever and, he, and he'd be off your back and all of a sudden he'd appear like a, a cat, like silent and he was there again. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, exactly right. So, yeah, again, I went out pretty hard that day. Um, I guess the start of the occasion, you know, the atmosphere of the event got, got to me, in hindsight, got to me a bit. I uh, went out in hindsight, yeah, as I say, in hindsight, way too quick. Um, and um, remember... Um, Along narrow neck, we're hitting it pretty hard along there, and but uh, right at the end, we there's a bit of you know, it's, you know, light sort of technical work there. He, you know, he was incredible. He was like um, a Spider Man, just you know, just, um, straight lining down through these technical bits. So I'm like, you know, like a ball in a pinball machine, bouncing from tree to tree yep. in comparison. He was just very agile. You know, it just it was a, in fact quite quite good to watch actually. Yeah. Yeah, having a close-up view. Not too many people get a box seat. Yeah, yeah so then, you know, he pulled away and I pulled back. <laughs> yeah. We sort of went in opposite directions. And that was know. probably um, your first ever bad result. Like, I mean, it's inevitable that in the more you, more races you do, you're going to have some bad days. But that was probably the first day that really hurt you, didn't it? It did. It did hurt me a lot. Not 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 mentally, no, but no. physically. Yep. I, was, um, I was spent. Um, I By halfway, I knew my day you know, gone, but I wanted, you know, every event I do, you finish. I, I, I start, I, when I join, enter an event, um, my goal is to finish, mm -hmm. um, you know, whether good, bad or indifferent, it's just to finish. Um, and if hopefully results will go well, I do have that competitive spirit in me yep. and hopefully I will have a good day result wise. Sure. If not, well, so be it, yep. you know, as long as I've given it my best, Sure. you know, um, so yeah, by halfway, I um, I was pretty stuffed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was busted. Yeah, I knew that. But again, I wanted to finish, mm -hmm. and um, thought I'm going to get there no matter what. And um, so in that regard, yeah, I'm proud of that. Yeah, how bad I was at yes. halfway, and yeah. I still managed to finish. Yeah, my word. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's just been my attitude actually for all the events I do. Sure. Finish no matter what. Probably, um, it's funny, you don't really... If my legs aren't broken, I'll just keep going. Is that light? Yes. Okay, yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, on that about that day being being physically physically injured, physically well, wounded or hurt. Um, obviously, you said you, you managed to keep it together mentally. Tell us a little bit about the differences between being um, between being physically damaged and mentally damaged. Obviously, physically damaged is a, a lot quicker recovery and stuff. But the, these races that you aim up for and you, and you put a lot of effort in. A bad result or things not going according to plan, they can they can leave a residual and they can sort of play on the mind, can't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I have this said, there's always tomorrow. Yeah. You know, sure, uh, hopeful of a good result. But for you that don't tend to event, doubt your ability or, or your thing about uh, it. Does, there. It does get me down a little bit. Yep. You know, I think, oh, you know, what if this or what if that? I could have done that better. Could have, you know, all these what ifs and could ofs and should ofs. Yep. And at the end of the day, it's a, you know, um, 
you know, it was a bad result, and you know, you just got to get up, dust yourself off, and, and get going again. Um, it's got to be more difficult for people like yourself, some Brendan Davies, and things to um, to turn up, front up for all these races, and you and you guys race a lot, and have this enormous weight of expectation that normal the normal runner doesn't doesn't have. They they've got their own expectations or their friend group, but people are looking at, at guys like yourselves and, and sort of expecting something, and not every day can be the best day either. Do you how do you do you block that out, or how, what do you think about that? Yeah, I don't worry about that too much. Yep. Um, Again, it comes down to what I can do within my own limits and you know, what I know I'm capable of, and yeah. And again, I'll just, I'll just um, dust myself off if it doesn't go to plan, yeah. you know. Um, I've got this attitude, some days are rocks, some are diamonds, you yeah. know, just. Um, but if I do have a bad day though, I'm keen to get back out there and make amends like yeah. within, within five minutes. I want to yeah. go back, when, when's the next event? When's yes. the next race? Yes. Because I want to go out there and make amends. Because yep. um, I know I can do better. Yep. Um, but I think the key thing is there for everyone is to um, try and learn from your mistakes. What went wrong? How did it go wrong? You know, what was my preparation like? Did I did I train? Did I overtrain? Did I not train enough? So it's a very um, fine uh, line or delicate balance. Would you balance. agree that oftentimes there's no there's no answer like? How you feel today mm. when you it's sometimes when you start running you know it's going to be a good day or a mm. bad day you know what I mean? You it's, do. It's, it's, yeah, there's no rhyme or reason. No, yeah. No. So that's a I yeah. guess that's another thing that people have got to take yeah. into consideration. And physically, well, you know, um, again, I, if my legs aren't broken or falling off, well, I'll keep going. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Nice. Yep. So. A couple of years after that, I think it might have been the year after the Killian race or or two years after, uh, you're doing another race in another UTA obviously, and you were. Um, not having your best day, but certainly not having a bad one. Um, this is one of the funniest stories. Comedy and, and ultra running don't seem to go hand in hand, not particularly during the race. But I remember um, someone known known really well to both of us had um, had pulled out of the race early in the day and gone back to his hotel room <laughs> and decided that he would change into a um, a full Alan from the Hangover costume and come out to meet you at uh, QVH for your checkpoint. Tell us a little bit about that because I, I can still see the, your face when you saw it and, and you couldn't, couldn't stop laughing, but that, that really derailed the rest of your day. Tell us why. <laughs> well, it didn't really, I don't think it derailed my day, but it certainly brightened me up. And, yeah, um, did well, you first, go without drink? Didn't you leave without all your stuff then, but? Yeah, I, I did. I left, yeah, <laughs> I did leave without some stuff. Well, The Hangover is one of my favourite movies and Alan's one of my most, one of my favourite characters <laughs> of any movie. <laughs> and the, see him there, the flesh. <laughs> support your support group. Certainly it was something I uh, wasn't expecting. Yep. And then um, yeah, I was pretty, oh, I can't remember exactly how it was feeling going into the check. I was a bit dusty. And then, um, yeah, so that provided a fair bit of... Um, Comical relief. Yeah, I can't remember exactly. Yeah, um, what I intended to get and what I'd left with or left without. Yeah, remember getting to the end. I didn't have as nowhere near as much as what I wanted to take. Yep. Yeah, but, nice. but that was a good change up though. You know, mentally as well. Yep. Um, I was, again, I was feeling a bit dusty in there, so. Um, yeah, probably not a bad thing to have. It's part of your checkpoint crew. <laughs> get a comedian in. <laughs> yeah. Um, Let's have a, a chat about gear and the evolution of how what's happened with running gear because um, I mean your first UTA correct me if I'm wrong you you cut the sleeves and the neck out of a, an old six foot shirt and there were you know Asics Keanu shoes and a, and a waist belt and, and all this sort of stuff 
again, so quickly, you know, there, there weren't specialty running shops or anywhere like that. You go to Rebel and you get a few things and we'd eat solid foods and, and whatever you could sort of get in. Um, you must have, must have witnessed some massive changes in gear, particularly your association with North Face. Yeah, 100%. Like, um, like the packs were like actual backpacks. Mm. Um, it was sort of hiking packs, not, yep. not, not, not your traditional backpack, but just like a hiking pack, just small hiking packs. Um, yeah, we had, didn't know, you know, the headlight was something you'd buy from Bunnings. Um, clunky things, um, big batteries and, um, yeah, um, and food, like, yeah, it was all solid stuff. Um, lollies, you name it, bars, chocolate bars, muesli bars, you know, you know. But it, well, right, that worked. Yeah. <laughs> Gatorade. Now, as you, as you just touched on, there's all sorts of stuff out there. You know, products, there's goos, there's gels, there's, you know, bars of all descriptions, powders, um, salt tablets, you know. Um, the only salt I ever knew, was familiar with was, you know, the salt container, you know, the sacks of salt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now you get these fancy salt tablets and um, capsules or whatever. Yeah, um, an array of, you know, um, as I just mentioned, um, powders and God knows what else. So certainly come a long way. Back then, it had fluids, it was just water, soft drink, um, Powerade or Gatorade, those sort of, you know, the old Staminate or Lucozade, yep. <laughs> which was an old staple of mine going up in Little Athletics. Yep. But um, yeah, it was just, it certainly come a long way. Yeah, and as you mentioned, the shirt, I, I didn't have any sort of shirt in that first one, so I just had an old six foot track t-shirt, mm -hmm. which um, I wore in training, I think a week or two before, I thought, gee, I'm getting a bit hot in this, so I cut the sleeves off and away I went, but it worked. Yeah. <laughs> and you've had a long a long um, association now with the North Face. Yeah. Um, so you're sort of always in the in the, in the the best gear in that. You, you enjoy that relationship? Absolutely, they've been very, extremely supportive of me. Um, a brand I um, really believe in. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and um, what what they're all about. It's just yeah, it's been a wonderful association, and you know, and I'm really appreciative of their support. Nice. Mm. Where else? What else are we doing? Um, you covered some really great ground. Um, it might be good just for one example, because you've talked about like having a plan A and then having a plan B. Yep. I think people that have it have it don't have experience. Would like to know more about A and B. What what it in? Give an actual example. Of what that entails? Day, yeah. This is my Yeah. Still yeah. Sure. Feeling like you've got some sort of, you know, it's still a good accomplishment. Even yeah. Just go into it a bit. Dive into it a bit. Do you need a minute to think about one? Yeah. Um. Have you run with an injury? Well, you don't run. If you have an injury, he doesn't get injured. Still race. Yeah. Injured. <laughs> yeah. I've done that a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. Because oh, I think the, yeah. the difference. Training. And maybe it's your experience to know yeah. whether you race, how bad the injury has to be. Know that you can race or yeah. race. Yeah. Some people yeah. go, oh, that's fine, and they race, and then they've got some yeah. sort of strange injury three years post-race. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, we can talk about that. Yeah. But I think you've covered so much ground, it's great. Mm. So maybe just one of those, and... Yeah, and talk about plans, dive into those plans a bit. Yeah, like yeah. even just give an example, of if you maybe if you ask an example of like, you know, you talk about a plan A and a plan B mm. and a plan C, tell us, you know, in a race, mm. um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay, just we just start, don't we? Um, you, you spoke earlier about um, plans in races and having like a, a not necessarily just having a one plan fits all, and if, if things go, go awry, well, you've got no answers. So talking about a plan A and a plan B, can you share with us a couple of um, or an example of when when things haven't gone quite right and you've had to sort of go to your plan B or whether you were injured or just having a bad day and how you how you aimed up and how you got your head around that? Yeah, I guess. Um like I mentioned before, I have an overall approach to just look upon it as one big adventure. But then within that, have yeah. a... Yeah. Got change cars. Sure. Yeah. <coughs> the must have pooped Charlie this morning. Where'd she go? Just around the Yeah. Sometimes she's at reactor one. So we talk about Andy's formative years at reactor. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, walking home. <laughs> yeah, that's where it all started, the endurance stuff. Yeah. Big night there, then walking home from the club. It's 53, aren't you? 52. 51. 53. Smooth, was it? He only looks 60. It's good. He's young, good. <laughs> Okay. Mm. Uh, you were talking about plans and yeah. Yep. So I look at um, overall have this overall approach of um, you know one big adventure, but within that have some plans. Just I, they're pretty. Um, they're not set in stone, but I just have some you know like plan A would be okay, and I. I'll map it out by checkpoints. So what I want to have at these checkpoints. So and within, and I've got to put my thinking cap on. Study the course in advance. If not, train on the course if you're able to. But know where the checkpoints are. So a kilometre or two out from the checkpoint, my plan, you know, is to okay. What do I need to have coming into this checkpoint? You know, be aware of how much fluid you got left. How much, you know, nutrition you've you've had, and also your. Um, fluids you had you know lead in the lead up to that checkpoint so just be uh, cognizant of that mm -hmm. how much what you want to take out of the next checkpoint have a have a discussion or have a um, with your crew if you happen to have a crew there and if you don't happen to have a crew you've just got drop bags but leave yourself some notes in each drop bag okay this is what I've got to have mm -hmm. this is what I need to take and I highly recommend always stick to those plans because you've written those plans out when you've been in good in a good frame of mind in advance of the actual event mm -hmm. so you know what works what you typically know what works what doesn't work and still take them still run with that plan um, because I know when I've come into a checkpoint with and I know and I'll oh, bugger that I don't feel like that because you, you won't you won't often feel like a, a lot of the time when you get to that checkpoint you know you may have a you know, to have, take so much fluids and you know, nutrition, etc. You don't know what you need when you when you're not in your mind's no, not going. No, that's right. So try and stick to that plan as much as possible. Um, you know, that's your whatever that may be. Um, but however, sometimes things don't quite go to that. You know, um, best laid plan, um, and then you just need to be adaptable you know be flexible okay and don't get too hung up on it because mm -hmm. um, that stress that itself can take 
take it out energy, and that, yeah. that can take energy and then oh and these other people are going past me i should be there or i whatever. should be here I'm, I'm better than that guy i'm no, not better but i'm normally More faster capable, than yes. <laughs> that guy or that girl who just went past yeah. me and then all oh and you, then you lose sight of things and and you're, you're stressing about things you shouldn't be stressing just enjoy them okay right i made a blue heel if something's not going quite right there take a deep breath and just get back on rails get mm -hmm. back on track mm -hmm. um to the, as much as possible you and this you, you know this could be pretty early on the race too 30 20 30 k's into the race you still got a long long way ahead so don't get over you know uh try and get, get hung up on it get hung up on it too much um, you still got a long way to make up ground what um, about a race where not necessarily a uta because you've done lots and lots of races where where things have gone really badly and you've had to answer the call what like something you're really proud of how you how you've bounced back mid-race and, and sort of come out with an all right result or something that's really I suppose satisfying to you for how you've answered it. Yeah, well, one, one which wasn't an all right result was um, that 2011 event when things went, you know, by halfway. I knew I was busted. Yep. Um, just, just to, um, I was, it's probably my worst result um, in all the years I've done UTA. Mm -hmm. However, um, I remember on Tablelands Road shivering. I could, I could hardly muster up a, a jog. And I was just shivering. I think you stayed with the family for a while and had soup and stuff. Yeah, I did. Her, yeah, yeah the, at checkpoint five. But then I, you know, never, you know. So like I mentioned before, I was pretty proud of myself in hindsight mm -hmm. how I, you know, got yep. through all that. Yep. So that was probably result-wise not my best ever. Yep. But in terms of what, um, I think personally that was a, a big achievement of mine. Yeah, you know, to get through that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's nice to hear that. that, that, that Things do give you still as much joy, I suppose, when things haven't gone right, when you're not on the podium type thing. Yeah, yeah. So what about um, what about again away from UTA because you've been doing this for a long time. I suppose two things I'd like to know. One is um, an outside UTA race that that you've really loved and maybe a bucket list thing you'd like. What's on your list? What would you like to do if you had more time or something you intend to do in the future? Well, one of the events here. One that I've done, and uh, you were there with me, was the Leadville 100. Yeah, I absolutely love that event. Um, I'd love to go back there and do that. Mm -hmm. um, I'd also like to go over there again, um, you know, get into that real long gnarly stuff. Um, you know, the Moab 240, mm -hmm. um, Tahoe 200, mm -hmm. things like that. Mm -hmm. um, the real, you know, 100 mile and beyond club. Yeah, yep, <laughs> yep. You know, um, things like that. You had a, um, you had an interesting, um, interesting method in Leadville I remember and you uh, you amused a, a full checkpoint there up on Hope Pass with uh, your intake of, of your of your food and, and fluids tell us a bit about that <laughs> yeah that was on uh, coming back after Hope's Pass so um, checkpoint up there it was not Winfield yeah after we left Winfield um, about 100 k's in yeah 100 k's in yeah it is about 100 k and um, I was feeling pretty dusty there. The checkpoint couldn't have come quick enough, and um, I was getting pretty ravenous actually and thirsty. God knows, I just wanted everything. And so I was at the checkpoint um, tent, and I had a, it was like a, a kid's kid's birthday party. <laughs> all the food they had, there was chips, there was lollies, popcorn, there was all sorts of stuff. Like there was a, soft drink, like a Beth Cardelli nutrition pack, <laughs> yeah. soup, and all this stuff. So I, it was so. It was late in the afternoon, I was starting to feel a bit cold, it was pretty high up in altitude, I was feeling a bit cold, so I thought I'd have, have some soup. And while I'm having the soup, 
I was having some pretzels and I was having some chicken chips. And I'm, and I'm thinking, I'm doing all this, this is taking time. So in the end, I just chucked everything in the soup, a handful of pretzels, handful of chips <laughs> into the soup, mixed it up and down the hatch. Goes in the same place. <laughs> it does. <laughs> well, that tasted all right, actually. Yep. So we did it again. Yeah. And I told and these people beyond the check, uh, beyond the beyond the table, you know, found that quite funny. I said, "Don't try this at home." Yep. So I had one more, and off I went, and that sort of uh, perked me up. We got through to was it the next one was Aid Station was Twin Lakes, and I did the same thing there again. So that become the um, that was a staple uh, diet going into every checkpoint for the rest of our rest of that event. You've met lots of uh, lots of good people in the in the sport. Who um who do you look up to yourself, or who do you um enjoy racing with, having spending time with, training with, having company, you know, in their company? Um, good question. I've always enjoyed running with running with yourself, and you know the, the band of um, guys we go running with um, in the lower mountains here. It's always good company. <laughs> Just never know what's going to come up <laughs> around the corner. <laughs> It's always been good fun over the years. Um, in terms of like you look like in terms of role models and that, like yeah, people who um, have been you know competitors with yourself that you know are always going to going to give you what you expect. Oh yeah, there's you know there's the usual um, suspects. You know, Brendan Davies, of course, is he, he himself is a very um, um, incredible uh, runner and durability is um, unbelievable. I've actually had the fortunate um, opportunity of travelling with Brendan um, in the Australian mountain running team a few years ago now. Um, that was a um, good experience. Um, um, you know, the, John, um, Mark Green, he's always up there. Um, oh, Clark. Yeah, Clark McClymont. You know, another you know, good, strong runner. Always strong, Clark. Um, always, no matter uh, what event. Always as strong as an ox. Um, yeah, there's there's good young um, there's some good young blokes coming through now. Their names just escape me at the moment, but yeah, I think while the sport um, continues to grow, there will always be unearthing of uh, good young talent. Yeah. Uh, not not only just young talent, but also the. I've found too the guys really come into their own in their late thirties, early forties. Yeah. So those, you know, um, yeah. Andy, thanks for your time chatting today. Good luck in uh, UTA in two weeks' time, and we'll um, we'll see you at the end. Thanks very much, mate. Thanks, buddy. Pleasure. Ta.